0: I just wanted to uh, continue on. Uh, Pastor Brian and Pastor Jeremy, actually, for that matter, I think last week, um, just the last three weeks, have been talking about a well-ordered house. And I just wanted to bring uh, a bit of what Pastor Jeremy said, a bit of what Pastor Brian said, a bit of what's been coming out in the prayer meetings, uh, particularly this week, uh, as well as you know some of my own thoughts and things that I've been um, just you know, reading in the word and that around a well-ordered house and really having our lives set right and accurately. So uh, so if we build our lives right, we attract the blessing of God. You know this is something Pastor Brian said on the, the first. Uh, message on this series that that he preached. You know, if we build our lives correctly, if we build our lives right, you know, we attract the blessing of God. So maybe just before we start, can you stand? Don't get too comfy. Let's stand. I just want to pray this morning. So Father, we just pray, uh, we just pray that our lives in this house become a well-ordered house, Father, Lord, where we are aligned to the purpose and will of our Father God. Lord, have your way. God, we pray for the blessing and the impartation for this to go from generation to generation. God, let it not stop here. Lord, let it not fall on deaf ears, but let it be built on the inside of us, Father, to go from generation, God, to generation. Father, we want the blessing of God on everything that we do. Lord, we don't want it to be just us or our own energy or our own opinion, but God, everything we do and say, we want the blessing of God on. Father, we pray our hearts and lives this morning. You know, would really echo, Father, the uh, the scripture in Proverbs three five that says, "Trust in the Lord with all our heart, and let us not lean on our own understanding." In all your way, in all our ways, we'll acknowledge you, Father, and you direct our paths. God, let that be our heart. Let that be our heart's cry this morning. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. A well-ordered house. So we're heading somewhere. Amen. These are not going to work. Sorry. I've got my old ones, so every time I look up, I can't see you. So we're heading somewhere. And uh, God is preparing his people. You know, God's preparing you and me. He's preparing our hearts. We're heading somewhere. He's taking us somewhere, amen? And he's dealing with our hearts. You know, Pastor Brian spoke this week uh, in the the prayer meeting about, you know, objects of affection. How they can, can be above, you know, God. Symbols of rebellion, you know, in our life. And anything that exalts itself above him. And, uh, you know, and, and I won't go too much into that, but if you want to talk to me more about that after, you certainly can. But, I'm, you know, I'm sure just, you know, particularly for those that have been in the prayer meeting this last uh, week or two, you know, would know what I'm talking about there. Anything that exalts itself above Him, things that are offensive to Him, sin. You know, sin sets itself against God's love for us and it turns our hearts away from Him. You know, so this is not what we want to do. We're going somewhere and God's preparing us and he's dealing with our hearts and he's dealing with our lives. And, and this is for whether you've been here for 30 years or you've been here today as your first day. You know, we are on a journey and God is, is taking us on that journey and he's wanting to go deeper and further with us every step along the way, amen? God is starting something in us that if we respond accurately, we'll usher in his plan and purpose for our lives. You know, God is doing something in your life, and God is doing something in the life of this church, and I'm sure God's doing things in the life of other people and other churches, but for us, he's doing something unique to us, and if we align accurately, if we respond accurately, it really will usher us into the purpose and plan that God has for us. Amen. I heard uh, a message, I don't know if anyone got to listen to uh, Tundi Bakari's message on Friday night, so um, he's he's turned up to moi um, to see uh, Dr. Jonathan um, and to hang out with him, I guess, and, uh, and it's become so much more than that, and uh, Dr. Jonathan got him to speak, but he spoke on Friday night, and something just really uh, resonated with me and, and hit. Even hit my spirit in in the way, you know, I can think a little bit inaccurately. And he was talking about living in our purpose. And he talked about Caleb. And Caleb, for those that don't know, he was one of the 12 that went in to spy out the promised land. I think we most, most of us would know that story. And it doesn't matter who or what is against you, you know, if God is for you, who can be against you? I think Davo said that this morning in the prayer meeting. If God is for you, who can be against you? So Dr. Tundi said, you know, people think democracy is a numbers game and uh, and you need the most to win. Would you agree? That's a question. Some are saying yes and some are shaking their heads. I was saying yes. We can apply this revelation to any part of our lives this morning, and that's why I'm bringing this, it's not about politics or anything like that, although it's a pretty good one for that. We can apply this revelation to every area of our life, yet Caleb won, so Caleb was one of two that went in out of twelve, yet he was the one that won. So how many went in? I think I've just given you the answer. Twelve. I want some, some. Uh, what do I want? I want some response this morning. How many went in? Twelve. How many said it could be done? Very good, Mark. How many said it couldn't be done? Ten. Who has the numbers? All right. Some of you are thinking very spiritually, and some of you are thinking very naturally. The ten had the numbers. All right. But who won? Caleb and the, and, and the other one, whoever that was. So there's a winning spirit on the inside of us. If God is for you, who can be against you? There's a winning spirit on the inside of you. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. And we must let it run its full course in us. So the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you. If you know Jesus, if you've received him into your heart and life, then uh, that's it. The same Spirit dwells in you. But we must let that Spirit run its full course in our lives. Let it run its full course. We can't just accept Jesus and that's it. We've got to continue on the journey and go on the journey. We need to give God our all. Amen? More than a decision. Uh, More than just turning up on a Sunday. More than just even being at the prayer meeting. We've got to give God our all. Give the extra. You know, give our all. Another thing Dr. Tundi says, until God owns you, he doesn't care what you own. You know, God's got to own us. God's got to have our heart. Pastor Brian said in his message a, a couple of weeks ago, there are boundaries uh, set up to hold us back. You know, and this can come through all sorts of different reasons and, and life and, 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 and all that sort of thing, but there are boundaries that can be set up that hold us back but we need to go further, amen. This morning we wanna cast off restraint, cast off attachments, cast off rebellion, maybe that's lingering in our lives or our heart. God is calling us right into the throne room of grace and he's calling us to live right under the portal of heaven, God called you, amen. God's got a call on your life, God's called you and he's called you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Like I, I just, when I read that scripture in uh, Colossians 1.13, he's called you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And he didn't call us to sit on the sidelines. Pastor Brian said this in his message a few weeks ago. He called you, he saved you to be a child of destiny. Amen? Amen? Do you believe that? That's what God's called you to be. Amen? I don't know if you're convinced. Anyway, you're called to be a child of destiny. Let me speak it over you this morning. You weren't called to sit on the sideline. God didn't save you to be boring. God didn't save you to be a seat warmer. You know, God didn't die on the cross so you could be in this beautiful building here this morning or just for that. He called you to be a child of destiny. He died on the cross for your sins, for my sins, because He's called us for a purpose, amen? There's a call on your life. There's a call on each and every one of us, not only individually, but as a, corp- as a, as a corporate, as a church, as a body of people, amen? Good, so I just want to talk a little bit about the parable of the sower, and, uh, and I've got this from uh, Matthew, you can write this down, and... Um, So Matthew thirteen, one to twenty three. I won't read all of these. Mark four, one to twenty, and Luke eight, four to fifteen. So that's where you find the parable of the sower. So I'm just going to read from Matthew thirteen, one. And there are four different, I guess, states of the heart. Uh, that that we can draw out of this this passage of scripture. That we can either be going through uh, at, at now, uh, at different times in our life, and uh, you know sometimes we might. Um, yeah, I'll read the scripture. How are we all? Good. I'm good. I'm relatively relaxed this morning. So. Matthew 13, 1. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he got into a boat and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places. Where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear." And then I just want to skip to verse 18. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. This is the explanation. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he who received seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it Uh, who indeed bears fruit and produces some hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. So that's the parable of the sower. And I just want to try and break that down a little bit this morning because I really feel like, you know, I know I've been reading this a lot since Pastor Brian first spoke about it uh, a little while ago and it's just really began to open things up and highlight things, uh, not only in my own life but just how um, this really relates to a well-ordered house you know, internally and also, you know, in the house of God. So, it starts off, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And in Luke, it talks about how the the sower went out to sow the seed. So, the seed is the Word of God. Now, you may know all this, I don't know, but I, I need to break things right down so I can begin to understand everything. So, hopefully, this helps you this morning. But the seed is the Word of God. And the sower... Sows the word, and the word of the kingdom. Amen? So the first one is the wayside. Seed fell by the wayside, and birds came and devoured it. So in Mark it says, birds of the air. And, uh, and when I was reading this, I really just felt like it's almost like uh, familiar spirits. You know, birds of the air come and they pick the seed away. And Luke says how it was trampled on, the seed was trampled on. So firstly, what is a familiar spirit? So they've been round since the beginning. So it's really an attack of the enemy. They're familiar with you. They're familiar with your habits. They're familiar with your tendencies, our struggles, our addictions, our strongholds. Uh, And if we haven't dealt with the past accurately, uh, if there's compromise in us at all, these familiar spirits will find an in. They'll find a way. So, who has ever felt uh, like you're going really well, and for whatever reason, something happens, and all of a sudden, you just you either start getting tempted, or you start moving in a direction that's like a default of the past. I'll put my hand up first, all right? Because I know how the, I, I, I know how this works. So um, that is like, a, and this is a really basic explanation, but this is like a familiar spirit. They 've been around they've been you know uh, you know they 've been around they watch they know our habits and our tendencies, and as soon as I get a little bit tired and uh, and i 'm not thinking straight, all of a sudden i'm going to be like, "Why has that thought entered my head? Why am I doing something that i haven 't done for a while? You know it says in the word you know why is it I do the things that i don 't want to do, and i don 't do the things that I'm meant to do you know it's uh So these are familiar spirits. So it's like when the seed's sown and it falls by the wayside, it can be like the the birds of the air are like familiar spirits that come and rob that seed and take that seed from you. So I hope that makes sense. So when we don't understand the word of the kingdom, the wicked one, Satan, comes and snatches away what was sown in our heart. You know, this is the wayside. In the Gospel of Mark, it says, Satan immediately comes to take away the word sown. He immediately comes. So, you know, it's like I preached the word this morning and, uh, and maybe, you know, uh, there's, a, there's, a, well, there is, there's a seed that's sown and, it, and it, it falls into your heart there. But as soon as we walk down that laneway, it's like all of a sudden the enemy can begin to come. And how does the enemy come and immediately take this? You know, he comes, you know, like in Genesis, did God say, begins to question. You know, is that really what God means? You know, was Julian really right? Was Pastor Brian really correct? Does that scripture really apply to today? This is how the enemy begins to take that seed. Through lies, deception, complacency, confusion, we hear the word, the devil takes it away lest we believe and be saved. The enemy knows the power of the seed. The enemy knows the power of the word. And if he doesn't succeed in, in stealing away that seed or confusing that seed, then uh, if he doesn't do that, salvation can do its full work in you. And that is not a good thing for the devil. Amen? Amen? So the devil knows he doesn't move, if he doesn't move immediately to steal the seed... And the word, the power of salvation, will complete its work in you, and that is not good for him. So the next part of this scripture is stony places. So seed fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and immediately sprang up. So the word had there was a response. The word, the seed worked, immediately sprang up, but because there was no depth of earth, uh, the sun scorched them. There was no root and it withered away. So Luke says, in the Gospel of Luke, it says, it withered through lack of moisture. You know, so there's a real uh, responsibility on us when the seed is sown to really nurture that seed. You know, if you, um, we've attempted to uh, have a veggie patch at home, because uh, who knows, we may not have food in a couple of weeks and we'll be living off the farm uh, or something, but uh, we you know, attempted to have the, the veggie patch go and I think the boys have done a, an okay job uh, at it, but as far as, I've just planted it and walked, and, uh, and that's it. And there's not a lot, that, well, there's a whole lot going on in there, but I couldn't tell you what's weed and what's vegetable, <laughs> uh, you know, in there at the moment. So, you know, when you plant a seed, there's, you've got to tend to it, you've got to, you know, pluck, I don't know what you're meant to do but, you know, pluck out the weeds, you're meant to water it obviously, you know, you're meant to do these things and uh, you're meant to harvest it at the right time and, you know, and all that sort of thing. I went to a house in Seaspray this week and uh, to do an appraisal for work and uh, before I left the lady said, oh, we've got this, you know, veggie patch out the back, do you want some lettuce, do you want some Brussels sprouts, I don't know why she was offering me Brussels sprouts, no one eats Brussels sprouts, maybe that's why she was giving it to me. But, uh, you know, she's offering this stuff, I walked around the corner, it was the most magnificent uh, veggie patch. Now, I haven't seen Michael and Helen's, so but this one I have seen, it was beautiful, it was amazing, it was clean soil, the gentleman was out there, now they're retired, you know, watering the garden and she's out there picking the lettuce and knew exactly what everything was they knew how to tend to a seed. You know, so when the, the seed falls, we've got to tend to the seed, we can't just hear, this is why it's really good to take notes. This is why it's really good to, to take notes, because uh, as soon as we walk out, we can forget, or we can, we can have a, a, oh, Julian's, hopefully you feel this way, Julian spoke well this morning, and, and you walk out, and then Wade says to you through the week, Oh, what did you get out of the message? And you're like, Oh, uh, or um, uh, What did he talk about again? You know, we've got to write it down, tend to the seed, tend to the word. So it, la- it, it withered through lack of moisture. So, this is the meaning we hear immediately. You're hearing me this morning. And hopefully you're receiving with joy and gladness. When the word comes, the seed comes, we receive and we receive with joy and gladness. But there is no root in ourselves. So it's actually something in us. The seed only endures for a while. There's no endurance in that seed. It, 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 uh, it only endures by the depth of the soil in your heart and your life. Who has ever been to a church conference? Who's ever at the end of that conference gone, that was life-changing? <laughs> Come on, be honest. Yeah. And how many a week later were back where you were before you went? <laughs> it always happens. It always happens. But we can't be like that. You know, the word, the seed that comes got to be precept upon precept. It's got The word, the seed's got to build in our life, continually build in our life. Now, I'm not knocking church conferences or anything like that, and we can be just as guilty here, all right? So the, the key here is when the seed and the word comes, what are we doing? What are we doing to nurture it? What, what's the depth of soil in our heart and in our life? To be able to receive that word and build the word and become the word. You know, we can't become the word if the, the, the soil and the moisture is not correct in our heart for that seed. You know, we believe for a while, but we fall away and we go back to old habits. That's a stony heart. When pressure, tribulation, persecution arises, either because of our own silly decisions or just because of the Word, because I guarantee you, if you receive the Word accurately and you uh, build the Word in your heart, there will be persecution. There will be reaction around you. Job. In Job 1, there's a great key here to do with this, when pressure, tribulation, and persecution arises. You know, what do we do? So everything was taken away from Job. We know the story in the Bible. He was living in the absolute abundance of God. But as the enemy consistently attacked Job, uh, and he lost everything, Job's response is amazing. He says, blessed be the name of the Lord. And he didn't curse or complain once. So Job, and, you know, and we heard this on Wednesday night, I think it was maybe when Pastor Jeremy was talking, Job didn't even have the word to lean on. So Job didn't have, you know, this, back when the, uh, when the enemy was attacking him. So, so what was going on there in his mind? And he said, blessed be the name of the Lord. He never complained, he didn't curse once. And this is the key, you know, God is a sovereign God. You know, and this just really hit me because, you know, if we can get this in our hearts, it doesn't matter what comes against us, we can just have complete and utter trust in God. God is sovereign and we don't need to understand anything and everything that happens in our life because God is in control. So even if you are going through hell, I don't know why, but God's in control. And if we can hold that in our hearts, man, that is a powerful thing. That is a powerful thing because, you know, other, what the, the, the flip side of that is we can begin to complain. We can begin to curse God. Why, God? Why me, God? Why is this happening to me? That's not how we want to be. The next one thorns. I hope this is okay this morning. Yep, good. Seed fell among thorns. The thorns sprang up and choked them. And in Mark, it says it yielded no crop. There was no fruit. And in Luke, it says the thorns sprung up with it. So the seed, the seed was sown. Uh, something actually grew. Something came up, but the thorns sprang up with it. So there's growth, but the thorns rise up and choke the word along with it. So the meaning here is, you know, we hear the word, but the cares of the word, a world sorry, and deceitfulness of riches choke the word. We become unfruitful. You know, this one's very interesting because it's not the, well, at least from my reading of it, it's not the enemy or familiar spirits that choke the word in us on this one. It's us. We hear, but go out, and uh, the thorns come up and choke it. And the, the thorns are the cares of this world, the riches, pleasures of life, desire for other things, opinions, addictions, objects of affection, symbols of rebellion, and we don't bring fruit to maturity. So, So this one's actually, if I've read this right, it's not you know, maybe the enemy's got something to do with it, but it's more about what we've allowed in and what we're putting above God than the enemy actually coming to steal the seed. So the good one, the last one, good ground. Good ground. A couple of you looked at your watches then. (laughs) Seed fell on the good ground and it yielded a crop 160, 30-fold. And in Mark, it says, the crop sprang up, it increased, and it produced. You know, this is the heart that we want. Uh, uh, one where the seed springs up, there's increase. It produces something. It produces more. It doesn't just produce one tomato. It produces a whole crop of tomatoes. You know, it's not just one fruit that grows on a tree, but there's a whole crop and then even when the season ends and, uh, and then we come to the next season, it produces again. You know, this is the, the heart and the soil that we want in our lives. So the meaning is here, we hear the word. We understand the word. And it bears fruit and produces after its own kind. You know, something I've done, I don't always understand with my mind the word that's coming forth. But what I really want to encourage you to do, at least this is my experience, when sometimes when the word's brought and I'm not quite understanding it in my head, I know in my heart and my spirit, something's jumping and leaping and going, yes, yes, I agree. And even though I maybe don't understand it fully yet in my head, my heart and my spirit are really lurching forward to grab a hold of the word. I think that's a good place to be because your head will catch up. The understanding will come. But if in our heart we're questioning, oh, I don't know about that. That's not my experience. Well, it doesn't matter about my experience not lessening your experience. What matters is the word of God. And if God says that you are more than a conqueror, then you are more than a conqueror. Oh, that's all right. I thought you had a question. The verse that I'm reading from, Matthew 13 So it bears fruit and produces after its kind. Mark says, we hear, we accept, and we bear fruit. So we can't just hear it, we need to accept it as well. Uh, This is the response that's needed. Our response can't be one of negotiation. Can't be one of confusion. Can't be one of opinion either. Mark says in the Gospel of Mark, um, that our response must be that we hear, we accept, and then that bears fruit. We need to trust and believe God's Word. Above all, we need to trust and believe God's Word, amen? So in Luke, it talks about how we, uh, when we hear, we hear with a noble and a good heart. So noble, you know, means it's the highest ideal or moral excellence. So when we hear the Word, we need to hear with a moral and a good heart. So we need to keep it. We need to keep the word. Uh, We need to hold on to it tightly. This is what it says in Luke. So we need to treasure it. You know, in Psalm 119, it says, uh, Thy word I have hid in my heart, that I may not sin against you. You know, we need to treasure the word. We need to hold the word. We need to grab a hold of it tightly and go, everything around me says something to the contrary but this is how God made me. This is what God says about me. Life is pretty dull at the moment or pretty average or you know, whatever's going on, there's a, there's a war going around me, but God's word says this, and you hold on to that and you trust that and you believe that, and that seed, that word, will bear fruit in your life. We need to hold on to it and we need to keep it, treasure the word on the inside of you. Store it up in our heart that we may not sin against him. And lastly, Luke, uh, the, Luke's account says, bear fruit with patience. You know, this is a journey. So we, we receive the word, we hold on to it tightly. We grab a hold of the word with a good and a noble heart. And we treasure that word and we bear fruit with patience. Patience. And the, the word, you know, patience in this scripture is not that you know the nice type of oh will be patient. It'll be when it happens. It's not that. It's the it's the patience that uh, is, comes you know from the same patience that it talks about in Matthew ten, twenty-two, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. It's that type of patience. Uh, this is the type of patience that God's talking about. You know, if you endure to the end, if you receive the word on the inside, we grab it, we treasure it, we tend to it, we, we, we talk about it, we, we, we talk about it with each other, we, we pray about it, we, we build the word on the inside of our hearts, we, we ask God for, for clarity and understanding and, and we hold on to it tight. And in all that, the, fruit, the seed begins to bear fruit And it begins to bear much fruit. And with patience, with an endurance on the inside of us, we can stand till the end. Amen? So the good soil, that's the way we want to be. So I hope this has helped today. And I hope there's some keys in there that that have helped, Um, you know, maybe explain a little bit more, at least my understanding of a well-ordered house. And I reckon at at different times in our life, we can have these different hearts things. You know, there might be areas in my life that I've got good soil, but there might be one or two where it's maybe a bit stony, or it's a little bit by the wayside, or sometimes I might just be downright horrendous and have wayside, stony place, thorn heart, and that's it. You know, I don't know. (laughs) Just being honest and real, we can be like this. Some of us can be really prickly, sometimes but that's okay but the idealism what we want to work towards and move towards and this is I really feel like the the season that we're in is God's really dealing with this the thorns the the wayside the stony places of our heart so that when the word comes it falls on good soil like I said before God didn't save you to just warm a pew. You know, God saved you to be a child of destiny. Amen? Amen. That's what God's called you to be. So if we, we can hear this word this morning, hear the word that comes out, engage in worship when we've got worship, engage in prayer when we're at prayer, and every time we're allowing God to just take us a little bit further, a little bit deeper. Man, love to see what the fruit of that seed is in our lives. Amen? Three really quick points this morning. And honey, did you want to jump up? Firstly, and this is where it's right where it starts, we need to accept Him. You know, we need Jesus on the inside of our heart, on the inside of our life. We know this scripture well, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Man, God loves you. God loves me, and this is where it all starts. You know, we're going to accept Him, we're going to receive Him as our Lord and Saviour. Amen? Secondly, you know, it is a journey. It really is a journey. Romans 3, 23 says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The reality is we're all born into sin. And the reality is we have a sin nature. And I spoke a little bit about this Wednesday. But Corinthians says we are new creations. Amen? We're a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And because of what Jesus did on the cross, the curse of sin is broken. You know, when we receive Jesus, the curse and the nature of sin is broken. On the inside of our lives, we're a new creation, but we can still struggle in our sin habit. And this is something I've just God's just really been opening up to me in the last, you know, last couple of weeks. We can accept Jesus into our heart, and uh, and uh, at, at that point, uh, the the nature of sin, the nature of the old man, is dealt with. We are a new creation. But sometimes there's a sin habit. There's the old nature that's still there that we've got to work through. And this is the journey that we're on. You know, I know when I, I came there, I, I get this because I know when I came there was this lingering thing in my life that just was, I just could not break. And uh, so I, I get this, I understand this. And, uh, you know, this is where we've got to allow our, ourselves to go on that journey and allow God to just keep taking it a little bit by a little bit and, you know, removing the, the, uh, the old habits and the old nature and, and putting in everything of God into our hearts. The curse and nature of sin Jesus dealt with. The habit of sin we need to deal with. And there's so many ways we can do that number 3 actually got 4 points <laughs> we need to tend to the soil of our hearts proverbs 4:23 says watch over your heart with all diligence for from it spring sorry for from it flow the springs of life put away from you a deceitful lying misleading mouth and put devious lips far from you Watch over your heart with all diligence. You know, watch what comes in. Watch what we allow to come in. You know, watch what, you know, objects of affection that we have around our life that maybe shouldn't be there, that are, that are you know, maybe kind of just sitting on the shelf or sitting somewhere or in our mind or whatever that we don't even think or look at, but it's something there that's uh, exalting itself above God. We're going to tend to the soil of our heart. Watch over your heart with all diligence because out of it springs the issues of life. And number four, and finally, we need to walk this journey in patience. Don't give up. You know, run the race that's set before you. Hebrews 12 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking under Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. That is a powerful statement. For the joy that was set before him death on a cross. Man, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We serve an amazing God. We serve a God that loves each and every one of us so, so amazingly. And I just am so excited for where God is bringing us and the depth of relationship that God is bringing us into. You know, I'm astounded still, you know, even after however many years that I've been not only in this church but walking with God, that that still I can come to this place where there's this new depth of relationship with God and even with others. It's just so amazing. You know, and if if you haven't felt that, then, man, we want to get to that place again want to get to that place again. We just go further and further in God. We want to see the seed of the word produce fruit and go beyond the four walls or however many walls we've got in this building, seven, uh, you know, uh, and out into our community to touch a life, to touch a heart. Amen.